What's up, everybody? This is the No Autocorrect Podcast. I'm Peter Ostapovich, and I'm really excited about this episode because it is the first guest that I've interviewed in Columbus since I've moved down here. And it's a really cool guest, too. He's the booker at the Shrunken Head, which is a music venue in Columbus, Ohio, kind of in the short north area. This is Nick Magato. He started out as an audio engineer, and through school and just meeting people, And by accident, even, he says, he stumbled into the booking role at the Shrunken Head. And I went there to see a comedy open mic with my friend, and we had a good time just listening to the local Columbus comics. Um, And I I still need to go out and check out a show there, but it was a really cool venue, really cool bar, uh, kind of a smaller intimate setting. If you're from the Cleveland area, I kind of related to the Grog Shop or Musica, um, just because it's smaller, it's... It's probably somewhere in between Grog Shop and Musica because it's not as like grunge-ish and vibe as the Grog Shop, but also Musica is just its own thing. But uh, Nick and I had a really good talk about just how we got to a booking role at a at a cool venue and just starting out as an audio engineer recording some of his bands that he used to play with in college and it just his love of music and recording just kind of steamrolled from there. So, you know, I hope you enjoy the episode. Please follow along with No Autocorrect on all social media. Hit us up if you have an idea for a guest or you want to come on and you think you have something cool to talk about. Um, I'm always looking for new people, especially if you're in the Columbus area. So um, also make sure to check out The Shrunken Head and any new uh, shows they may have in the upcoming future. So enjoy. Groovy, groovy. So, um, Nick, I came across you because you do stuff with the Shrunken Head yes. in Columbus. And also, this is the first podcast I'm recording in Columbus since nice. I moved down to Cleveland. So I don't know if I told you that or not beforehand, but um, like I've been here for like a month maybe. Heck yeah. So uh, it's just like, okay, now I know no one around here. Yeah. Well, Columbus <laughs> and, is a cool spot. You yeah. can always, yeah, definitely a cool spot. So, yeah, I, I'm, I know like a few people like – just like friends from high school and college and stuff in the area. But, um, I was like, okay, I want to go to like music venues and comedy shows and stuff like that. And I came across the shrunken head, which is how I came across you because I went there and saw an open mic. Just, it was really, really funny. And I looked into like, Oh, I should probably talk to someone. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so I came across you as one of the like owners, founders, right? And, yeah, um, I'm the booker there. So the, we have okay. our owner, Andreas Kleinert, who uh, owns the place with his wife, Christy, and mm-hmm. they've owned it for about eight years or so. But I, for the past four years, have done audio uh, and then also uh, uh, book the events. Oh, the, yeah. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I, I saw your, um, I think the Lantern interviewed you, the OSU. Yes, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. relatively recent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's when I that's when I came across your name and I, and then I went to the website, saw your name and Andreas's name. Yeah. And um, I you know I didn't know about the studio component um that you guys do with it. So, um, I guess just how did you get into booking and music and audio and just everything you do now? Yeah. Like like go way back. Way like, back. <laughs> Well, like way back in my day, yeah. um, I was in a band for about five or six years, and I ended up doing the audio for the band, uh, just sort of kind of taking lead on, uh, I guess, the tech components. Mm-hmm. And then when it came to recording and tracking, I also took the lead on that, too, um, and how, had a blast doing How old it. were you when you were doing all this uh, stuff? This was... I guess the end of my sophomore year of high school is when I picked up Audacity, just a free copy mm-hmm. of Audacity, super old school. I usually uh, used my like video game headset for my microphone, mm-hmm. and we would just track or try to be as like knowledgeable as we could with tracking with total crap equipment, just you know like a USB headset kind of thing. And this is like old school, um, you know, not old school like two thousand. 2009. Yeah. Um, so then I picked up my first copy of Pro Tools about a year after that, got my first real microphone, and uh, just sort of, I guess, fell in love with the whole process of uh, point A to point Z, and that of got like me... just recording oh, stuff? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Just the whole tracking process, different ways to do things, the mm-hmm. way different instruments need to be treated. Um, I've always had, like, some sort of project studio built wherever I've been at since then, um, and the one we're in right now is, like, the kind of culmination yeah, of... Man staple not stapling nailing a bunch of shit into the wall 
I think there's like 28 panels of Tectum <laughs> in this one room, and then there's also yeah. 16 in the room over there. So as far as like an apartment goes, I've always tried to make some sort of a recording-friendly area and, and really uh, enjoy that space. Yeah, man. Like, I was thinking about that when I was moving into places down here. I was like, oh, this is a nice two-bedroom, and it's carpeted. Like, oh, yeah. It's going oh, yeah. to be good yeah, for yeah, the, yeah, I right. end up moving into a, a one-bedroom apartment with all hardwood floors oh, yeah. and like... I need, to at least get, I need to at least get a rug, which is like when you offered your place, I was like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. probably well, the I mean, best. There's a place called Tectum in Newark, which is about 45 minutes away, and they have mm-hmm. all these panels there in a scrap pile, a and scrap they're free. Pile. So you just got to sign a waiver saying, like, if a pile falls on you and you die, it's not their fault. So sign the waiver, and then yeah. uh, go to the scrapyard, and then they just have a crap ton of, like, just ones that are off by, like, a centimeter, or mm-hmm. just slightly off of perfection, and then they're either going to throw them away, or you can pick them up. You know, go before. hundred percent doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You just got to make sure you go on a day that it's been dry for a few days <laughs> because if they're wet, you don't yeah. want to use them. It's pretty much just a mixture of um, wood, and I don't think there's any fiberglass involved in it, but there's definitely particles. Uh, so that's why mm-hmm. they're these are all covered. Um, this is just drop cloth that I covered them with, but you okay. can get fancy and use speaker cloth. All of the acoustic panels at the venue are these Tectum panels covered with speaker cloth. And Tectum does installs for places like uh, YMCA, swimming pools, or Chipotle. There's a couple of restaurants also. Uh, In Columbus, you look at the ceiling, and there's a bunch of Tectum Mm -hmm. on the ceiling because this stuff is nice, uh, just a nice mid-level absorption. Yeah, man. Like, one of the things I've been hearing about, like, all my older co-workers talking about is they don't like loud restaurants and bars. Yeah. And they're like, that's one thing I don't think people think about when they're, like, just hanging out at a bar or restaurant is how loud it is and how it's true, or how quiet it is and it's probably there's because like of a, how it's built. Yeah, yeah. There's the ceiling height is a big aspect of it, the materials of the wall. And as far as loudness goes, you kinda wanna use the loudness to be like a a privacy a conversation privacy curtain sort mm-hmm. of to where if you're having a conversation at one table and the table three feet away from you is also having a conversation you don't exactly want to hear everything. You want that music to give you that privacy curtain, but at the same time, there's a thin level, a thin layer of uh, error that you can, you know, get too loud, exactly. and it, it then it distracts. So you know. Yeah, like you don't want it to be having a private conversation in the library. Yeah, much. yeah, right, yeah. right. At the same time, you don't want something blaring and you can't talk to the person next to you. Yeah. You want to have that nice middle ground of like, okay, it's loud enough, but not too loud. It's not too quiet to where it's awkward, but it's not so loud you feel like you, you know. Yeah, how many yeah. times have you been talking and then the whole room gets quiet? Yeah, you're like, you're yeah, just, uh, yeah, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> you pause for a yeah, second yeah. and then finish your conversation yep, at yep. lower volume. But um, so when you were recording back in like high school and in the basement and everything like that, because yeah. I remember like I, I always used to jam around with friends and stuff like that when I play musical instruments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like my one friend just bought one of those like starter um usb uh interfaces yeah yeah and like we would just record like one instrument at a time oh, just totally. get as much stuff done yeah and i don't think any of the songs really came out as well as it did and we weren't like touring like yeah, playing no, shows it's or just, anything you like do that. it yeah. do it's fun and you know make things yeah, happen man. and have a good time with it and i mean i even did the thing where like some of my buddies just wanted to make like a goof rap song. Yeah, oh, sure. Because apparently everyone in our high school could rap. So oh, all, um, all the time, every high school, yeah, everybody can is rap. Is that every high school? It's not just Pre- Copley. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I just had them record into my computer on Audacity, and um, they were doing like a parody song of "I Love College" called "I Love Copley," oh, and um, very nice. it never got. It never saw the light of day because no. it was garbage. But um, as long as you enjoy listening dude, to it, it was you know, so, it, it was brings so back funny. memories. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I I sent it to him like six years after that. Oh, that's, we were... that's the perfect time to listen to it. It's six years, <laughs> seven years later, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that kind of. Yeah, it's like oh, we should probably bury this. But um, I mean, I wasn't recorded on. I was just the producer at the time. No, it's the but, whole experience uh, though. Yeah. You felt it. No, you're, you're, you're hearing it back, and you feel it. You remember. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And so. What's cool, especially about, like, when I found out you were, like, also an audio engineer and, like, you did a lot of the recording stuff, is that, like, that's something that I kind of looked into doing Mm -hmm. before I went to college. And I think I came to the conclusion that, okay, well, I just felt more, I I would do marketing right now. So, I was like, I kind of want to be creative, but I also didn't necessarily want to go through, like, the 
the traditional like stereotype of like grinding musician or anything like that yeah so i think i copped out a little bit but also now that i look back i don't know if i have the patience to like go through and do all the recording stuff that's necessary it's very meticulous and it's very uh steps pieces and parts oriented so you have to be keen to a process well that's everything's there's a process and there's no process it's yeah. one of those weird things um it it's it's very it's a very particular thing to do it's not yeah. very practical it's very yeah. particular yeah yeah <laughs> yeah man so like it's I think it's really cool when I come across like I, you're. I've never. I've been wanting to have an audio engineer or someone involved in that space on it for a while. Just honestly to like judge my setup, but also. No, your setup's sweet, man. Like yeah. this is this is this is cool. You got a you got cool things going on. I hope so. I just I'm tired of lugging it around everywhere. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, well, like, it could be a lot bigger. You're yes, you're you're you're, you're pretty good on size there, man. It's pretty solid, dude. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I see people with those Zoom recorders, and it's just like this. Convenience, enough. yeah, you don't want to trade that off. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you want to be happy about what you're, you know, you want yeah. to be able to listen to it and, and feel good about it from a from a deeper level. And I think going the extra step with, with your setup in particular, I think it's a very healthy thing to do because it just kind of gets you, you know, it, it it's solid. You yeah. know, you don't want to, you don't want to give up quality for convenience. Yeah. Is, do you think the Zoom recorders then don't have as high quality then oh, as like no. the mixer to computer type thing? Oh, well, the quality, I mean, as long as your gain staging's all correct and nothing's wonky with your with your cables or anything, it all should have the same hmm. quality, I suppose. But when it comes to the, you know, individual headphone mixes, that's super cool. Or on here, you can um, you can EQ and use your compressor if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, just, you know, those extra things that you can have uh, to help enhance stuff. It's yeah. always a you, but you know, if you plug in two microphones into a Zoom and you hit play and and it sounds good, it sounds good. So hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't know. They're also kind of expensive too, and I already have yeah. all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The smaller things get, also the more expensive. You know, the smaller yeah, it gets, the price goes up. Yep, yeah, dude. that's for sure. Okay, so after let's get back to oh, your, yeah, li- sure, your life sure. story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so after you, or I guess not after, but. As you're starting to record with like just your local friends and yeah, like yeah. mess around and stuff like that, um, did you guys like play shows or like what was kind of like your next step? Like, did you go to college for all this stuff? Did you just kind of like network and make like connections or like what was your next thing? It was a big combo of all of it. Okay. Uh, so after after uh, high school, 2011 is when I graduated. Um, I actually moved out um, uh, out of my folks' place into a buddy's. Uh, trailer slash shack combo on a wooded property that his parents owned and I stayed there for about eight months and in that trailer shack combo we built a small recording studio in there we uh, tore out the bathroom and we treated the bathroom in whatever way we could whether it was just foam or blankets or pillows it just like made it into like a chamber you could throw yourself against the wall and be fine (laughs) Uh, just whatever an ISO booth we could make out of it so I was there living um, for about eight months, yeah, and I recorded just singer songwriters, rap artists, solo artists of sorts there, mm-hmm. and also had a blast living there. I had my computer set up. We ran a couple hundred feet of line of Cat Five um, from his parents' place through. He lived out in a place what's, what's Cat Five real quick. Uh, oh, so it's cable. It's internet cable. Okay. So we, okay. we ran internet all the way. Um, it was a couple hundred feet from the closest Jesus. we could get from their back through <laughs> like the backyard area into the wooded property and then to the shack. So uh, I paid 40 bucks a month for rent there. It was great. Uh, and I had a blast. And that really kick-started like, actually recording on a process that was, I guess, more than just for myself because mm-hmm. I would have songs or demos the band would put out. And they, they didn't sound terrible. Um, so they sounded okay and that got, you know, their friends being like, Hey, my buddy did a thing and check that out. And somebody goes, Oh, I've been looking to do a thing. And then I would just get referred that way. So it sort of started, uh, just kind of haphazard. I didn't really mean it to start. It just Mm -hmm. started starting. Um, and that's just kind of been the process from the beginning of, Oh, things are happening now. This is fun. Let's continue doing it to now I'm doing it for hours and hours and hours every day. Oh, it's five in the morning now and I'm still doing it. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Hmm, I could get back on pro tools for a little bit. (laughs) And, uh, that just sort of escalated into, um, I guess where I am now, but there's, there's, there's a six years in between then or five years in between uh, graduating high school and being to where I am currently. Sure. I've been where I'm at currently for uh, about four years now. Okay. Um, so after that, I went to college. 
uh, and I was very lucky and fortunate to go to college for music tech. So um, I had a buddy who was going to school, and I didn't know what I wanted to go for, and he was like, well, yeah, I'm getting a degree in music. And I'm like, I didn't know you could do that because really? I just I didn't have that sort of – I figured, you know, college is like you know, teaching or um, – I, I didn't think of this as yeah. a, an applicable route to go. So I was very fortunate and super lucky and super grateful to be able to go to college for four years, graduate. During my second year, so my sophomore year of college, is when I actually started working at Shrunken Head. Mm. Um, and that was just sort of out of an accident. I was doing an internship uh, for for music tech, uh, following around uh, two live sound engineers that are still in Columbus and kicking ass. One of the guys' name is Tony Rice, and the other dude's name is Aaron Oakley, and they're two awesome. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to them. <laughs> they're my teachers, and they taught me a lot. And it, if not for them, I wouldn't be where I am now. Uh, so I got super lucky to have really awesome people to put me under their wing, and there happened to be an opening at Shrunken Head for uh, an audio engineer because their engineer was going on tour with a larger metal band. They went to like mm -hmm. China and Europe and just like way out of the just places, yeah, South America. Yeah. So he was like, "I'm leaving." Having, and, um, yeah. having careers, and yeah, stuff, like right? yeah, 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 like doing it, doing it's it. Like, okay, that's a good reason to leave, I guess. Which but... touring though, that's rough work, man. I don't know. I really don't know if I'd actually want to do that. It is a lot of work. It is. It is. Uh, it's a lot. Just because you got to set everything up and tear it all down, or like what? What? The whole, on well, being bit. on the being on the road to start with is a very strenuous time. Uh, being on the True. road and responsible for everything from a technical level is also another layer of <laughs> of a strenuous time. I mean, I'm. It's probably a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but it's also nice to, you know, it's just it's a lot. People who do that, huge props to them because that takes some guts to like go out and do that for real yeah i mean but they probably you know it probably shows for it with just like experience and like meeting new people yeah. and like just kind of it might fast track the career a little bit if you think oh yeah I mean, networking and meeting yeah. all sorts of people and man if you do that you love it like and, you're you're yeah, going out because you gotta be in it problems you'll probably find out when you're like on the road doing that kind of stuff is like you know, you'll just learn how to solve problems faster. Yeah, right? troubleshooting. I mean, that's, just, that's an assumption. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's I for mean, sure. If you if you hear something going on, your mind just goes beep, 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 and you, you get yeah. to all those points to where you think it might be that, and you whittle things down, and you it's usually a cable. It's usually, it's usually one cable. That must be so nice to check every single cable until yeah. it's the right one. Yeah, well, you got to make sure. Especially when it's one of those huge productions or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. So, like, one of my... I was at a bar like a couple weeks ago and there was a live band and um, I, I forget what bar it is, but I was just was tagging along with a group of friends. Yeah. But and uh, I noticed the sound engineer was just rocking out. And I was like, OK, that's how you know it's a really good band. Nice, like, nice. These, these you know, the, it was a good band, but like the sound guy has heard so much music yeah, yeah. especially at this little bar that it's like if you know he's feeling it these guys are dope this is sweet yeah yeah that's <laughs> good you gotta have fun while you do it that's the whole like it's you have to enjoy it um yeah you know you got the whole stereotype of like the grumpy sound engineer or you know all that can happen but it's cool to it's cool to hear that you went to a place and the sound guy or girl was just killing it and really enjoying themselves yeah like he, and it sounded good <laughs> the uh stage was right out by the uh it was somewhere like downtown area but uh he like the stage was right by the windows on the to the street he went outside to smoke a cigarette real quick and he's still like he's looking still, in the yeah. windows like yeah. bobbing oh, his right, head this is good <laughs> this is good yeah yeah um but okay so you got your gig as a shrunken head doing yes. sound stuff and then like you eventually got elevated to Booker or like yeah. maybe not elevated, but you kind of that was up. like, well, I never meant to start booking. It was sort of a an accident slash um, let's try this kind of thing, because I noticed that there the bar was doing really well and there was um, just less shows being booked. And, you know, the owner was just like, you know, things are going pretty chill and um, we don't have to have a show all the time. And I'm like, but, you know, but, you know that's my job. This isn't kind <laughs> of like the whole point of that place, though? Yeah, like, well, also, there's uh, there's other things that go on there, too. There's uh, well, comedy shows. I mean, you don't, as far as, like, a comedy show goes or smaller, easier things in a place that size, you wouldn't necessarily need somebody there that's a, I don't know, a professional, air quotes, however you want to put sure. it. Um, if you show somebody you should be like there are open mic comedy does not require an audio engineer to turn on a couple of things and put mm -hmm. a mic up 
Um, but for something like if we have larger bands come through, which we typically will have um, bigger productions go on or local shows that have a crap ton of people there, um, it actually becomes in, like exponentially harder to manage uh, well, you know, in a small place, relatively small, 150 cap, mm -hmm. um, with uh, a full multiple bands. And you have to be able to, if you want to fit four bands in four hours, uh, and you want to keep changeover times low and have everything rocking and going and sounding good and have all four bands have all of their eggs in a row and their chickens in the truck or however you want to put it, yeah, yeah. Um, that takes a, a lot a, a lot to to make that happen smoothly and efficiently over and over again. Yeah, man. Um, so when it comes to the booking part of it, I was like, you know, let's if we had bigger shows, we would, you know, ultimately we'd all do better and uh, I would continue having a job because that was kind of like a very important aspect of what I was doing there I was working. Yeah. Um, so I was like, let me throw some shows. And my boss man, he's super chill. He's like, oh, cool, sweet. So uh, I started booking and it started being successful uh, pretty much. I don't want to like toot my own horn and say right off the bat, but uh, things things started to be very positive quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and then that just took that into, I started answering all the emails. I started getting all the phone calls. Um, eventually my phone number, my cell phone was the bar phone. So anyone would call, ask something, it would get to my phone. Uh, if you go on Google and type in a question to the shrunken head, that goes right to my phone for text messaging. Um, then it turned into also coordinating more than just music shows, booking variety shows, uh, burlesque shows when we have them, comedy shows. Um, it just sort of came into doing all of it. The website, social media, updating things. And it just was, well, I can do it's it. Like, oh, yeah, Nick can do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just... <laughs> and that turned into a really cool relationship because uh, with – it, it just, you know, things started to work really well, and I was able to kind of have my hand in all of the cookie jars mm -hmm. and just get a couple cookie from every a couple cookies from every jar. Uh, and it's a lot of fun that way because I have to do a lot of different things. If I do just one thing in particular, I can tend to get a little apathetic about it mm -hmm. and not as uh, enthusiastic, per se. You need a little variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I'm doing everything from, uh, you know, sending out the show advances to uh, reading through submissions through, uh, you know, organizing the night, making flyers, promoting, uh, then also running the show, it's super nice to book the band, have the conversation, uh, get us all together on communication, and then when they come to the venue... They don't. Re they don't meet some other person. They still meet me. Now they meet me physically in person, mm -hmm. and then I'm also running their show. Yeah. And it is a full on like I'm there from start to finish, and which I'm sure they appreciate. It makes super streamlined, yeah. dude. So like I don't have to relay uh, tech information, especially if we have a bigger production going on. Yeah. And there's things that need to be addressed, and you don't. You're crossing your fingers, hoping that this venue's promoter or booker communicated and coordinated with who's ever doing tech that night mm -hmm. that these things need to happen because you know it's really easy for oh I'm, I'm sorry I'm just the sound guy I didn't get the memo you know yeah, now I'm here blame someone else. yeah I'm two hours late I mean I'm not saying that people typically at least in Columbus people are really on top of their game uh, all the local bands here are Pretty fucking stellar. Can we swear? I'm sorry. You can. Pretty, yeah. pretty so, flipping stellar. Um, <laughs> you can say yeah. whatever you want. This Alrighty. is the internet. Nice. Right? It's the internet. It's the internet. The internet. Uh, yeah, all the bands are great. And uh, the people that are involved in the music scene, everyone's got this nice like collective attitude to where we're in this together and we're a team and uh, people help promote each other's shows. And like I'm always like, go to Ace of Cups, go to Victories, go to Scully's, mm -hmm. go to other places. And because it all comes around in a circle, like if you can just, you know, essentially it's just supporting lo supporting local, local music, local art. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're on it as a collective team. So um, being able to communicate with bands and also give recommendations if we're booked that night and we don't have, you know, any way to help accommodate this show. Or if I think, well, this is also a really cool show, I can give it to another buddy of mine who does sound or another booker or, you know, we can trade off shows. There's been a couple of instances, even up in like Toledo, I know a booker and I've given him shows and he sent people my way. And it's just, you know, you ultimately Open communication. Yeah. You, you want help to help each other out. Yeah. 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 There's competition and we're all competitive, you know, in a healthy sure. way. But if you can help support and and work with each other and not against each other it makes for a much more just a more solid well thing. It, it it draws people to the overall scene if, yeah, every, the, if big the whole picture. scene is good yes you know yes. like like at the macro level or micro level it's like yes you are another venue and mm -hmm. we're a venue yeah, yeah. you know and we want our show to be better than yeah, yours yeah. but 
that doesn't mean your show has to be bad. No, not right? at all. Yeah. 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 So like I, I definitely get that. And some you were talking about podcasts, like just listening to them beforehand. And I listen to a lot of comedians podcasts. Yeah. yeah. So like Joe Rogan, Burke Kreischer, oh, for sure. like all, all those people. Right. So um, one of the things they talk about is how like in the past 10 years, there used to be like a, a huge conflict between comedians. And, you know, it's like if you don't get that slot that. You know, if I don't get that slot, someone else's, and they're mm-hmm. taking it from me and all that stuff. But um, they accredit the internet with mostly doing this, but it's eventually changed where it's like, oh, you have a podcast? I do too. You want to do mine? I'll do yours. Yeah, like, yeah. We'll help it's, each other out. Exactly. And it's like there's all comedians, and they all, you know, there's only so many spots they can do, but, you know, the more they help each other out, the better everyone yeah. does. So it seems like that's a very similar approach to like, just trying to fill up shows. Oh, totally! <laughs> you know? It's like the Lego Movie. Everything's cool when you're part of a team, you know. Like you know, dude, I need to see that. Dude, like movie the first still. Lego Movie is awesome. The second one's pretty good. I heard it's the first like, one's great. Not even like just. I heard the first one is just a very legitimately good movie. Yeah, legitimately, it's a good like, movie. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's on my list, and it's been how many years now? Like what, five or something? Probably or four years or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, and I still haven't yeah. seen it, but yeah, man. But uh, overall, just building a scene in general yeah. is huge. Um, and I'm excited to get into it a little bit more just because I, I love going to shows like up in Cleveland. There's like the Grog Shop and oh, there's for sure. Musica and Akron mm-hmm. and Beachland Ballroom. You know, there's all these cool like smaller venues that yeah. just have really catered to local musicians and stuff. And my brother has been in bands off and on since he was in high school, my younger brother. So like. I would always go to his shows and hear about, you know, the troubles of dealing with bookers. Or yeah, you like, can, that, uh, that can happen, too. There's a couple of, like, they, they usually come and they leave real quick mm-hmm. uh, to where there's, like, a kind of a pay-to-play scheme of sorts or, sure. you know, we want you to put in a bunch of effort and we're not going to do a lot and it's probably not going to be a good show. And then, like, when that band is done, their crowd's just going to leave. Because when I always Which encourage happen. <laughs> that can happen, but the way I try to get around that is that when I book a show, let's say I'm booking a show with four bands. Okay. Um, I usually have like primary communication with either a band member of the sh- of the band that's booking the show. Maybe they have mm-hmm. a booker or some kind of private small guy or a cousin helping yeah. them route a tour or something. And after I sort of get like, okay, we want this date. Let's get this date down. We need support. I can help find people. It's better if you know people. Backtrack a bit. I always ask the band coming through, like, do you have any friends here? You know, mm-hmm. to start with, because um, it's one thing. At the same time, this is a business, and I can't just go ahead and book a um, random band from Austin, Texas, or something sure. that comes comes through and nobody knows them. You can do that if your bar is a built-in crowd. Yeah. You know, if you're just like, like there's I need be a band. people here, no matter exactly, what. Yeah. and I need you to be good, and I need you to be a band. It doesn't matter if you bring anybody, but if you can <laughs> play well and you're a band and you play for three hours, you book just entertain. You, Exactly. exactly. In this case, um, I do want the bands to be good, but sometimes it's not always the technical prowess that brings in the crowd. Maybe the band just has an awesome attitude and they're mm-hmm. super hype and they just get everybody moving. Um, they might not be like a band that you would want to play for three hours necessarily or something, but they're mm-hmm. just a good party band and they have a lot of friends. So, so if I'm booking an out of town band, I kind of start with like, do you know anybody here? Mm-hmm. You know, like, can we maybe draw some sources of do you have a friend or family, somebody, or have you heard of local bands here? Have you, you know, have you done your your pre search, if that's the word, your pre research? Yeah, yeah. Like, make do you sure... know what kind of music we normally have at the Shrunken Head? Like, yeah, well, we or... have all sorts of music here, yeah. so we'll have like we can have like super heavy black metal one night, and then we might have country honky tonk the next night, and then you pop indie music the next sure. show. Um, so it definitely varies, but I just want to make sure that like they aren't just blindly shooting out emails that they have like kind of skin in the game per se. Mm. So then I then if they have a buddy or two or a band and I'm like, oh, I've probably I don't want to sound like cocky, but I've probably heard of that band if it's in the relative genre of like indie rock stuff or like the local metal bands. There's a lot of bands in Columbus, but there's a there's a nice handful of bands that play often and they bring mm-hmm. good shows. Um, so then we hook that up together and then I get everybody's email together and, uh, I make a group email where I have a whole, <laughs> yeah, I'll go out everyone CC'd and I lay out everything, FAQ, the tech specs, the, the pictures of the bar, pictures of the stage, stage dimensions, um, a set time template, um, how we can, different ways we can do payout. Do you want there to be a custom split? Do you want to be a tally system? Um, always recommending to do more than a $5 door. Cause I've been doing $5 shows since like, you know, my, my days of youth yeah. and uh you know i think bands are at least worth two bucks a band damn it so you know eight dollar door try to encourage people to not just keep on doing five dollar shows unless they're just wanting to do a show 
just to have a good time. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, with Columbus being as thriving as it is as a music city, bands do want to make a little bit of something. It's not cheap. You know, the whole meme where you pack like uh, like $5,000 worth of gear into a $500 car for a $50 gig. You know, one of those cliches. Um, But, you know, I want to make sure they make some bucks and we all make some bucks. Um, You know, everybody together, group email. And then I'm like, use reply all so we can all be in the loop. And let me know when you've read it. And then I'll ask you all these questions because I not all these questions, but I have a, a please send requested information portion Mm -hmm. Uh, and in that portion it just has you know how would you like the set times to go so we can all be on the team because when I used to play shows it used to be we would just kind of show up one guy in the band would know something about it we wouldn't really know what time we played or how long we played for or what the place is like this way at least one person in the band has come together to make a decision with at least one person from the other three bands yeah and then that usually means if the band has to decide for themselves how much is the door who, how long do we play? Are we going to do 20-minute changeovers without mm-hmm. uh, uh, without a backline, or are we going to find someone to backline the drums and the bass rig and try to do 10-minute changeovers so we can all play longer? When you have to ask those questions and you get the bands to sort of build their own show in a way, one, it's a little less work i got to do because I don't have to worry about, I wonder if they think this is okay. Yeah. And I can give them an option, but then it makes them talk to their other band members. So instead of having one guy kind of know what's going on, there's usually one guy that per band yeah, that yeah. definitely knows what's going on, and the rest of the band members have some clue because we've all had to put forth an effort to create this night from scratch, I mm-hmm. give them a temp- not a template, but just like you know, here are my questions. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like guiding them through the process. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So we can all be a part of it because when they get there, it's somebody's. I always my whole. Well, there's no surprises. There's no surprises. Or you try to minimize this. Exactly, and yeah. try to make because sometimes we'll have a happy hour. Sh- often we'll have a happy hour show with like, you know, a pretty low maintenance acoustic act or something mm-hmm. like that, or a band, and then we have a night show, and there'll be a one hour block changeover between that happy hour show and the night show. So that means I got to get four or five band sometimes in there within that hour all the gear which can sometimes be five drum sets and if it's metal show it can be like seven or eight kick drums because you know more than one band's gonna bring two kick drums so then we have and they have like 50 bass pedals with yeah or just gear that's too big (laughs) like bringing in like very like a full stack into a 150 cat venue i'm like you just need a little thing yeah but but beyond that it's about being loud right well and that's my other big thing is that (laughs) so my two things my two monikers is that it's somebody's special night so make sure you put an effort into it damn it because somebody's going to be having a good time and you want them to have a good time that's the whole point of going to a show and going out you're going because you like it and it's a good time not because someone's dragging you along and you're like begrudging oh no you go to the show because yeah. you want to well, have yeah. yeah you want to have a good time <laughs> so somebody's having a good time so damn it let's have a good time and uh second it's uh louder does not mean better and usually it, it means worse when it's super mm-hmm. loud so like i you put, can't understand the lyrics because oh yeah know. you're just blown not blowing things out but you're you're over you know you have guitarists overpowering things so it's like i'm i'm three feet away from you dude like yeah so i always try to like have a little powwow starts with the drummer because when you have a drummer there's Mm -hmm. no volume knob i'm putting a kick drum mic on the drums and i might mic the toms and put them in there a little bit kick drum mic on the drums the cymbals and the snare that's gonna carry forever i mean you put that outside i don't carry for miles you know so we're in a small room exactly like the the venue i saw was like you know it's you, you don't think you can fit 150 people in yeah. there. Like, I mean, obviously, clear tables and clear, stuff yeah, like clear that. Clear tables but, out and in. But, like, it's not a huge space. No. But it's, like, I like that part about it, honestly. But when in regards to just the equipment you bring, you probably don't need any, like you're saying, yeah. anything too crazy. Like, you can probably put an unmiked acoustic guitar in there, well, and it'll sound okay. That, like, well, actually. Depending on how many people are in there. But that, we're not, it's not, def, that won't carry. That's for sure. sure. That that definitely won't carry. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're really wailing on it, <laughs> okay. and you're going crazy. Yeah, put it, that metal guy on the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's to the point to where, uh if a band has a drummer who can drum appropriately, we can go all direct in. So, like, you know, not a lot of bands can't do this because it, it, the, the pedals for there are kind of expensive. But you can just go right into, like, an Axe Effects or something like that and go through the PA. And as long as everybody is – because we have two 18-inch subs, and then we also have two 15s for the EVs. They're all EVs, front of house. Uh, we have uh, five stage monitors on stage. It's not super tiny, and, it's, you know, it's yeah. – it's, 
it can, if if you go to other places, definitely can get you can definitely get smaller. Um, and we do have good equipment, relatively speaking, to the size that we have. Yeah. Uh, the speakers it's are all. It's a nice place, man. I, I liked it a lot. I definitely want to go see a music show there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the open mic that I went to for comedy was. I mean, first of all, it's kind of up to the comics on how good the night goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, that's true. Or and the crowd, I guess. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, it no was hecklers. fun. There, there weren't no. no yeah. There's one dude that just made me die laugh. He made the whole place like he, literally compared to everyone else. I think this dude destroyed that night. Nice. Um, I think his name was Jason Banks. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I immediately followed him on Instagram. Heck afterwards. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's cool. No, he was he was a really that's funny. That's the beauty dude. of open mics. You, oh yeah. Yeah, you're running into new talent, and you're like, wow, you're flipping sweet. Well, the thing is, I'm pretty sure this dude's been around for a while because like he's like opened at like yeah. different clubs in the area or new to you like you know new he's to new to, to me viewer, for sure absolutely but like you know that's that's one of the reasons i love going to these local open mics is because you're going to get like some of the better people in the area that mm-hmm. like open for real clubs yeah, for yeah. like no price and yeah, they're gonna totally. do well yeah. and try new stuff and yeah. it's great i used to go to a few in cleveland just to listen all the time and there's some good people up there too but um yeah, so I mean, the venue's awesome. Then inv- I loved like it's like you said, it's not a huge room, but it's also not a small room. And you know, even though I thought it was a relatively smaller venue, but like it is, it, but you know, it's intimate, which is cool. Like yeah. those are some of the best shows that I've been to. Like I, I don't know if you've been to Musica in Akron or know what it I is have not, or the Grog no. Shop. If you're ever up in the Cleveland Akron area, try and get a show out there. Um, is it Musica? Musica is in Akron, mm-hmm. and then the Grog Shop. Yeah, is, definitely heard of Grog Shop. The for Grog sure. Shop's Absolutely. a little grungier. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they 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 have some really good shows up there. Like I actually saw a couple Columbus, well, one Columbus band a couple times up there, um, on accident a little nice. bit. Nice. Yeah, Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Have you heard of them? I that? actually have not heard Dude, of Clubhouse. They're, they're good. Yeah, sweet? yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. Cool. They, um, what kind of music is it? It's like uh, indie, okay, indie yeah. rock. Yeah. Well, shoot. Yeah, they were really cool. I'm always looking for more indie rock bands because that's like <laughs> uh, that's a lot of what I what I end up booking. That metal and indie are the two big genres that I'm always booking. So Clubhouse, Clubhouse. I'll have to look them up yeah, and add that to my. They were pretty good. I saw them on accident once. Me and my friend had work off on Tuesday, so we just went out to a Monday night show at the Grog Shop, and. Um, it was like some like band called like Prince George or okay. something like that, and Clubhouse was opening for them. And you know that we keep on saying the word Clubhouse, I feel like I have seen it somewhere. <laughs> I, may, I don't know if I'm thinking of other things, but I mean, may I'm just have. gonna keep repeating it to you. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know yeah maybe band. I do know. You'll them. feel like you I know don't them. know them, but yeah, have heard of them. Uh, you might have. I don't know. I mean, or it, seen it, on it a seems flyer. like they have a little bit of a following. Yeah, like yeah. you know, one of those bands that's probably just kind of been around for yeah. a few years, but. Um, but then I, we went to another show and saw them like months later. And I was like, I swear we've heard this band before. Nice. Yeah. Like I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know if round we have, two. But yeah. I remember talking about that one dude specifically because he kind of looks like Bruno Mars. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. and uh, he's their keyboard player. But like, uh, so I looked up the old show and I was like, see, it is them. So yeah, I've seen them at least twice. Nice. Um, but no, they were pretty good. But you got to check out the Grog Shop if you ever go up there because it is a smaller, like, little grunge venue. But, like, they've had acts like Danny Brown go and, like, Peter Bjorn and John have played there. And it's just, like, all these pretty big bands and, mm-hmm. like, this relatively smaller, like, you just view it as, like, a bar venue. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, stickers all over the walls yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. That is cool. But, yeah, so, I mean, the Shrunken Head is, like, about probably the same size venue is a yeah. little bit of a different vibe to it mm-hmm. but those are the my favorite kinds of shows to go to because nice. it's like you can you'll see the band just walking around yeah. afterwards yeah 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 it's a cool environment it's that's fun for sure. man absolutely so do you feel like um i mean you still obviously do a little bit of like the audio engineer stuff but do you feel like it's kind of your the booking side of things is um more of your main focus now just because maybe there's more time involved in it or it's it's very Instance by instance, well, well, I should put it, when I'm there, I'm audio engineering. I'm running sound. So, like, okay. I, when I go there for the show, if we have a happy hour night show, I might get there, like, 4.30 and then leave at 2. two so, me, so, so you still run the sound? Then oh, absolutely. The absolutely, okay. yeah. So, well, uh, my girlfriend runs open mics on Wednesdays for music. So our music open mics has a sound person there every mm-hmm. week. Um, and that's where full PA, full monitors. If you are more than just a, a singer-songwriter on a guitar, you can, you know, bring your 
whole thing up there. Not like electric or a drum set, but, you know, a cajon, two acoustics, maybe sure. plug in a bass, multiple vocals. Um, that is a sound person every Wednesday. Um, and then for all the weekend shows or if we have any uh, weekday shows, I handle all of that audio on that standpoint. Um, but the booking part of it is all at home or mm. wherever I'm standing. Okay. You know, on yeah, my phone yeah. sending an email or something That's like that. That's kind of cool. So, you get to work wherever, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm only actually going to work two nights a week. I work every day. But I'm yeah. actually only going to work, and like I always kind of joke, like, or not a joke, but you know, I might set up something five minutes in advance and put a lot of effort into getting things going and rolling, and then uh, you know, you see the fruits of your labor, you know, half a year down the road, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, we set this up forever ago, especially on bigger shows, to know that you know we've been working on this show and getting it going for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Tonight was a success. That was like months of like, let's get this, let's do this, and now <laughs> it has happened. And it feels good. Yeah, so, that's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah. Because, like, I've always been interested in just, like, how the booking process works. And you went into that in detail, which, thank you. Because yeah. I was going to ask you all, all those questions. We and, still use know. them, kids. Emails. <laughs> but, um, so, like, what do you think is, like, like stumbling? Like, how do you find those bands? Is it just from reference? like, Or it seemed like you said it was kind of, like, word of mouth like oh do you my friend's pretty good they're looking for a show in columbus yeah will you check them out like that kind of stuff or like so how, how yeah. do new bands like get in touch with you other than email yeah or is email literally well the best we used way? i used to reach out to bands or just know know of bands like with the first couple of shows i threw um i was like just you know friends in a band mm-hmm. still because i was sort of freshly out of my band and we would throw fun shows with other bands that were doing fun things. So yeah. it'd be like, I'm no longer in this band, but would you like to have your fun things happen here? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, we can throw the party there. Because I always kind of look at it as, let's throw, you know, it's still professional, but like, let's throw a party. It's a professional That's party. That's pretty much what you're doing. You're yeah, just yeah. entertaining a large group. It's just you guys have a job to do at the party. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's to get to work the party. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, bring your party this way. And so uh, that turned into... Um, we've had a good time at your party. Uh, and then the biggest kicker is when I started to actually ask people for online reviews. I would have a good time at the show and I'd be like, hey, I'm building a portfolio. I'm always building a portfolio. So anytime I do a project recording or if I'm doing a show, I also keep the flyers and I, I mm-hmm. keep everything on my my four terabyte drive over there. Yeah. It's almost full of everything <laughs> that I've done. So, you know, just holding on to it and building some sort of you know, building a book of my yeah. time doing this. And I would have people, and I still do have them put a review on like Google or Facebook or Yelp, just saying like, we had a good time. Mm-hmm. And at first, I, no, I first, so at first I was doing it for my college portfolio. It was for college. It yeah. was for, I needed credits for things and I needed a, references and whatnot. Uh, and sure. then that turned into building my portfolio. And then it just became, uh, when it really kind of became super fruitful is that a band, a local band called Souther, um, had an album release show uh, this was now three years ago, and they were online looking at reviews in particular of venues to find the venue they wanted to throw their show at based upon reviews of the sound. And uh, they stumbled upon our place and haven't played or worked with me or us before, and they contacted me and said, hey, we've read really great things about it. We'd like to throw our album release show there. And awesome. that was my first... My I was still pretty new at booking at that time, and that show was a blast. It was like... It was very hot and it was in January. So like the room was, there yeah, was just, it was packed. just so packed and so much Full movement and it was just, it was a beautiful night. And that's when I was like, oh damn it, this is pretty flipping sweet. Like, yeah. yeah, I've always thought it was sweet, but that was like the night where my eyes really opened up and I'm like, I really enjoy the process of birthing this thing and then having it grow and then, then watching it leave when the night's done. You know, everyone yeah. files in, you have an awesome time and everyone goes out and you mop. That's the glorious <laughs> part. It's you know, what's in your mopping at the end of the night. Yeah. So I'm still there mopping with a smile on my face. Like, oh, yeah, that was a good night today. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. funny, man. And then that kind of just carried on. So, like, you know, just asking bands, it always helps us out. It's, you know, it gets us on the Google, the SEO. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to search engine optimize that stuff. I and, mean, that's how I found out about you guys. Oh, sweet. I cool. mean, literally, I just searched up, like, comedy or local shows and venues in Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Whatever I typed in. Yeah. And Shrunken Head was one of the first ones that came up. Cool, and, I, and that works then, yeah. I immediately knew I was going to like it, too, though. Because yeah. it looked like, exa- like I said, one of my favorite types of venues. Like, yeah. small, it looks kind of cool. It's, yeah, like, yeah. right down the road from where I'm going to live. Like, nice. I'm nice. into it. Centrally located. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. Very, 
great location. My, well, I'll, well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I know you put yeah. it there. Oh yeah, we damn it, we put it. That building's old, man. That's a that's a hundred. It's a historical building, actually. Oh wow. Yeah, it's very old. Little known fact. Yeah, little known fact. It's considered a historical building. I will say it was kind of hard to find the entrance, though. Yeah. No. I'm gonna <laughs> if I had to throw. <laughs> there's to some throw a there's something there. with permits on having lit signs in that area. What about you, rope lights? No. I'm just yeah, <laughs> just a bunch of rope lights around the windows. Glow sticks, man. Yes. No. Dangle glow sticks. There's some weird thing about having a none of the the air the the I guess the shops you want to call it have yeah. lit signs. It's because it's it's technically not short north. Well, it is short north. It's weird. It's uh, the Victorian Village, sure. so it's considered a residential, which gives us a noise ordinance, which we try to be very respectful of on the weekdays. Of course. Um, as you know, if you're a downtown downtown bar, you can bump until two or I don't know, is it one thirty? It's something much later. Um, but by weekends we're done at one. We actually have people who live above the the venue. Well, that must um, be fun. Well, they're third shift people, so they're getting oh, home from okay. work, you know, or leaving when things are getting started. So it's a it's very cost effective if you work nights. You yeah, know. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it is considered a residential area. Hmm. So yeah, it's hmm. one of those things. No, but it is a cool venue, man, and it seems like you're doing some really cool things there. And like, I know the, I mean, album release parties from my experience, just like. By my experience, I mean attending. Yeah, yeah. And just seeing what my brother's band has done um, and their friends and all that. The album release so, parties yeah. are great. It's a party. It, yeah. It, and We've it, had a lot of them this year, it's too. It's better man. than it's just good. inviting someone to a show. Right, you right. Know? Like, there, it adds that little like marketing twist to it where it's like, oh, okay, there's like actually a reason to like yeah, yeah. go to your show because even it's a special time. It's a very special It's somebody's special night. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, can you. We got a few more minutes here because yeah. I know you said you got to get going and stuff. But yeah. uh, so, like, talk about like uh, there's the whole like studio aspect associated with the shrunken head too. Yes. And is that like you can offer just like affordable recording options for the bands that play there, or yes. like what's kind of the deal with that? So it's evolved and grown and then shrunk. Um, so it used to be a little more involved. We had a back office uh, that was completely cleared out, which is now our green room. Mm. And at uh, for about six or seven months, uh, I was actually tracking albums there. I have since now worked at a local. I work at a local studio called Sonic Lounge. Super sweet place. Really great people there. Uh, and I've been doing engineering there for uh, I think a year, maybe a little longer. Um, I'm gonna say a year. It's, okay. I'm pretty sure it's been longer than a year. No, no I know no for one sure gonna, it's going to be longer no than a year. No one's going to double yeah, check. Yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. yeah, there's people um, Googling it right, right now. Right. Damn, yeah. fact check you. <laughs> Fake news. Uh, so uh, so that has – then it then – it, so instead of just doing the doing the studio recordings there, it's the live multi-track recordings that I do very often, mm. um, hundreds of them, hundreds of them, to yeah. where uh, the band plays, and I we've ran cabling to the back office, which then I hook it up to my laptop, mm -hmm. and I bring a couple of extra things. For instance, we've ran uh, cables from the back wall of the venue underneath the floor to the stage, where we have room mics mounted on the back wall to get uh, room noise, applause, that kind of thing. Um, I then set up full drum micings, uh, snare top, bottom, uh, rack floor, overhead left, right, kick, kick in, kick out if I can. Um, <laughs> and I max out all of our channels. And then I also record, you know, everything's individually tracked as a multi-track. So then I can do an option. It's only 10 bucks a band member. So if you have a, a four-piece wow. band and you got four dudes in the band, everyone has, everyone has 10 bucks. get a live recording for 40 bucks. A full live recording that's multi-track. So then you get, I send it in a folder on the cloud. That's awesome, man. And they can load that up into whatever doll they have like Pro Tools, Cubase, Logic, Ableton. I wouldn't really use Ableton, but, you know, whatever you want to use. Yeah. Um, and you can throw it in there. Actually, there's a band called Ready Freddy, and their guys use Ableton, and they come up with some great, like, like uh, it, it all works. It yeah, all works. I mean, I don't really know the big differences, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. you know, do what you got to do. It all, but... the end justifies the means. But, yeah, you get yeah. a full recording of it. So that turned into, like, uh, I can also, then I mix them commonly. Oh, so the big thing is the electric goes acoustic is a thing we do every month where we take a, I take a uh, two- high energy rock bands like people that you wouldn't expect to play acoustically or even like electronic bands and i acoustify them and yeah. I, I choose bands That's in particular cool. that yeah. that would be uncomfortable with the option like uh 
uh, oh, one of the more notable ones we had with uh, Harmless Habit and Black Coffee are two like pretty heavy bands. Um, and uh, even the ones from last last months, they've never played acoustic before. Uh, it was Bourbon Train, and it's kind of like grunge whiskey rock. Okay. And they've never done an acoustic set. And I'm like, you never done it? Makes it feel a little uncomfortable? You're perfect. So then I get these bands to break down and play acoustically, and we do full recordings of that, full multi-tracks That's of that. That's really cool. I mix a song of theirs, and then we also do video recording of it as well. So um, uh, we're still doing through editing and whatnot, but this is a relatively new concoction as far as the whole picture awesome. goes. Yeah, yeah. So so the studio aspect of it maybe started out as like legit just like you can come in studio with us and record. Yes, and yes. And now it's kind of evolved to, oh, we can also do live recordings for you and we do some cool things that you may yes, not yes. get to do the anywhere live, else. The live, it's pretty much all live recording. Um, the, the, the non-live studio recording, I have mm-hmm. moved my operations to Sonic Lounge. Oh, it's okay. just a great place and just... I would be. It wouldn't be giving people justice if I could do it there, and I as suggested, opposed to the green room. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which this the place still sounds good. It's got drop wood drop ceilings. It's got the the live room. There, uh, the green room or what the, the green room has oh, okay. like the the ceiling. It's it's nice, and then the live room, uh, sixteen feet ceilings. So um, from from the from the mm-hmm. ground from the stage, I think they're they're like fourteen. And a All half. right. Here here's a question for yeah. you that I've heard a lot of comics talk about. Um, is so they always talk about like how high the ceilings are in the clubs that they tour and go to. And yeah. I haven't really understood which, if they like them high or not. Like some of the talk, they sometimes they talk about like, oh, great high ceilings, or it's just like, oh, it has high ceilings. And like maybe you can like give me a little yeah. bit of insight because I legitimately have no idea what they're talking about when they are from a state. from a music perspective. It gives uh, sound a place to go. Okay. Um, so it's not when you're in a really low uh, venue with low ceilings, it, it just it just blah, hits you. With, it's you all have high ceilings. Com- compressed. Yeah, yeah. Well, not necessarily compressed. It just it's kind of hard to just has more space. Okay. Because like if if your if your room has an eight foot ceiling, um, and it's the same, you know, it's it's one size. If you double that to make a sixteen foot ceiling, it's just more space. So mm. it's just more space for the sound to go. Which is, is better. Better? Okay. Normal. Unless you're in a massive cavern or if you're in a huge cathedral and you're trying it to play like... Echoing. Um, yeah, 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 you're trying to play metal in a massive cathedral <laughs> that doesn't have any acoustic treatment at all. Or even if you did, it would be very hard to... Tre- the whole point of a cathedral is to have that nice reverb tail. Um, but ceiling heights being, you know, between 14 and 16 feet, mm-hmm. it's great height. You yeah. can always have too high That's and you can cool. definitely have too short. They give a sound a place to go, I yeah. think, is what I'm going to take away from yeah, that Yeah, absolutely. Part. All right, so it's almost time for you to get out of here. Oh, shoot, it is. Yeah, wow. so let me end on this one question real quick. Yeah. And I probably should have given you a little bit of head well, go for time it. to think uh, yeah, about no, I don't like thinking about questions. But, uh, go for it. All right, so what – and I'm trying to ask every one of my guests about this. So yes. what is the best advice or career advice you've ever gotten? Because uh, like, I, I mean, think, really think basic: work harder like... or work smarter, not harder. Okay. Because there, there are plenty of times, and I still do this, where I might take a kind of very roundabout way to get somewhere, and then the smarter option that still gives you the same good result, if not a better result, will then appear in front of me later, hindsight twenty twenty, and then you learn from that. But uh, uh, Tony Rice used to always say, "There's more than one way to skin a cat." Yeah. And work smarter, not harder. And I'm still learning how to do that every day. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Welcome back anytime. Woohoo! Thank you so much. Woo!